0: Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe
1: Lynch. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. We have an excellent guest and some topic you're going to learn a lot today. So, Today's topic is reducing costs and improving transit time for e-commerce shipments from China with Brian Miller. Welcome, Brian.
0: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: Brian and I talked a little bit offline about these shipments, and I think he's got an interesting model to shipping from China. I think uh, most of of us are familiar with uh, the traditional way to ship, but Brian's got a kind of a a new approach, and I think it's uh, very interesting, especially for small e-commerce companies that are probably paying way too much to ship from China to the U.S. So before we get into any of that, Brian, introduce yourself and your company.
0: Sure, I'm Brian Miller, and uh, I founded a company called Easy China Warehouse, and we help e-commerce companies that manufacture in China to ship their goods around the world to distribution centers or their end customers. And you are based? Yeah, sure. We're based in Shenzhen, China. And for people that aren't aware of where Shenzhen is, it's the border city to Hong Kong. So I know a lot of people know where Hong Kong is in the south of China, and we border Hong Kong.
1: Nice, nice. So, Ryan, why don't you tell us a little bit about where you grew up, where you went to school, and how you ended up in China running a a logistics company?
0: Sure, yeah. So, I'm a native of Connecticut, and I originally went to the University of Mm -hmm. Connecticut and graduated in 2008, actually at the previous crisis that we had, the financial crisis. And at that time, I kind of didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, so I decided to leave the U.S. and travel for some time after graduating. And I went to Europe, and then I eventually had a friend in Taiwan that convinced me to come out to, to Asia. And he had told me at the time that Asia's growing like crazy, that the market's super hot economically, and that the culture is super interesting. So that's what kind of brought me out to Taiwan. And once I got there, I kind of fell in love with Asia and, and specifically uh, China. And I knew that there was big opportunity in China at the time, mainly in China. And so I decided to start studying Mandarin when I got there.
1: Very nice. Very nice. So I take it, so you started learning Mandarin and then you decided you were going to stay? Did you get a job? What was your first job over there?
0: Yeah, so I studied in Taiwan and then I went to Beijing to to continue studies And then in Beijing, I found a company, one of the largest Chinese state-owned manufacturers. And we manufactured industrial components, and I helped them manage their North American export market. So I worked for them for five years in the heart of China, if anyone knows Hunan province, doing manufacturing and exporting industrial components to the US. And that's kind of how I started working in China. And from there, I got interested in e-commerce and started a company that sold Bluetooth speakers. And from that experience of selling Bluetooth speakers, I kind of understood the pains of taking product from China and shipping it for e commerce companies. And I started helping my friends to do this. And that kind of evolved into the company that we built today.
1: Very nice. Very nice. You know, that's not an uncommon story on my podcast when it comes to e commerce. A lot of the people I've talked to started off as a uh, e-commerce company, and they struggled with the logistics of it, and they ended up in the logistics business because they saw that opportunity. Yep. So I talked about this with Brian offline while we were prepping. I spent a lot of time in the 90s in China. I worked at Beijing Jeep, and uh, we had such a great time, but the logistics was always a struggle. That was a very big shipper. We were doing automotive stuff, but we struggled mightily to get stuff from China to the U.S. and from the U.S. to China. We'd have meetings. Half the time when we would get together, either in the U.S. or China, it was about logistics hassles. I mean, it was really a, really not easy. So anyway, let's get into the problem here, that some of the challenges. So today's topic is reducing cost and improving transit time for e-commerce shipments with Brian Miller. Brian, let's talk a little bit about some of the challenges that e-commerce shippers face, like you when you were selling. What were some of the challenges that you observed before you started your company?
0: Yeah, sure. So I think a lot of e-commerce sellers are generally smaller than retail, and there's a larger amount of fragmented sellers on the market. And so a lot of these sellers need to ship less than container loads, so LCL shipments. And that's kind of the first problem, which is LCL is relatively expensive compared to a full container. Please describe what that is. Basically, when you ship LCL, you're shipping your products with other people's products that are going to the same port. So you would take your products and bring it to the port in China, and your freight forwarder would help you to combine your freight with other companies into one container, where they would ship it to the final or the, the end destination port in the U.S.,
1: so the problem with LCL is you're paying a little more
0: or a lot more? Yeah, you you generally pay quite a bit more compared to a full container shipment where you would fill the whole container up simply because of all of the consolidation that needs to be done on the port side in China. So there's a lot of extra fees that are involved in that. And also the deconsolidation. So when you bring it into the US, you need to open the container and separate all of those different companies Products, And then from there, you need to ship it onward to wherever they're going. So there's quite a bit of expense that's uh, incurred on either side of, of, of each country.
1: So beyond LCL, what's another challenge you face for when you were shipping your e-commerce?
0: I would say speed for sure. So when you do ship a full container, you get to take the full container and bring it right to the port and load it right onto the ship. Uh, very quickly. But in LCL, you usually need to wait for your forwarder to actually put your product with other people. And this could take over a week on the China side. And also it could take you know a few days to a week on the U.S. side as they deconsolidate the container and move your goods on to the next destination. So the, the second thing is, is is time.
1: So you're really punished as a small shipper. If you don't have enough for a full container, you're gonna pay more and it's gonna lag. And and if you're sending to parts to or, or product to fulfillment centers or Amazon fulfillment, fulfillment by Amazon, they don't want ever to have a shortage, right? They punish you for that.
0: Yeah, exactly. So if you do run out of inventory for people that do sell online, you start to lose your ranking on the sales pages. And that's a negative kind of a thing for your sales page on Amazon. So if you do lose time in the shipping process, you could run out of inventory on Amazon and they will delist your product and your ranking for that product will go down. So it is negative and it's better that you can keep your the flow and the speed of your shipments from China to Amazon as fast as possible.
1: Probably six months ago, I had Ephraim Aushan and he talked a lot about that Amazon ranking. <laughs> I think it's your your sales ranking. Yep. And he said, they really are rewarding the best sellers, and those sellers are the ones who have the goods ready. He says, if you try and store stuff at their fulfillment centers, they're going to punish you. If you're not selling enough, they're going to punish you. And if you are run out of inventory, they're going to punish you. So these logistics matters go from being a logistics issue to being a revenue issue really quickly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like if, if you don't have enough product in the warehouse or if you have too much, they'll give you a bad inventory ranking and it will affect your account negatively. So it's really, you have to kind of keep a really, as you said, a really good balance and you have to have really good stable shipping times to the US in order to keep that account in good standing with Amazon.
1: God, it used to look like just so easy. I'll just go with Amazon, and they'll get me millions of hits, and I'll sell my stuff. But now it gets harder and harder. Yep. <laughs> so what are some other challenges that e-commerce companies face, especially when they're trying to move their product from China to the U.S.?
0: Yeah, one other one that I like to mm-hmm. note is that when you set up a shipment on Amazon, you mm-hmm. can't actually control which warehouse you ship it to. Amazon tells you. And so once you bring the product to the US, it could be complicated to forward that product onto Amazon. And they might split your shipment to many warehouses. So you can have, let's just say, for example, 1,000 units. And they could say, okay, 500 units will go to warehouse A on the West Coast, and 300 will go to the you know central location in Chicago, and then 200 will go to the East Coast. And you don't have any control of the amount, so the quantity to each warehouse, and the warehouse. And so that becomes a logistical challenge once you get your product to the U.S.
1: Yeah. So, you know, one other challenge, and I'll bring this up, is traditional logistics and transportation companies, that's where most of us work, we're used to dealing with, as you said, retail. We're used to dealing with automotive. We're used to dealing with companies that have enormous volumes. LCL is not a huge consideration for an automotive company or retail company. E-commerce fulfillment companies, e-commerce guys, they need to work with somebody who specializes in what they do. And I think that's one of the challenges they face. If you work with a traditional freight forwarder, they might not be the right fit
0: some of them are becoming a lot more familiar with with Amazon and how it works, but some don't. So if you don't understand how Amazon coordinates shipments and how you're supposed to ship it to Amazon warehouses, that forwarder might have a a more difficult time assisting their customers, basically.
1: Yep. As we have this rise in the direct-to-consumer or DTC, there's a whole bunch of brands. These DTC brands are exploding. So I think the rest of the... Logistics community that hasn't caught up is going to, but what's happening in logistics and transportation space? I think we can already see it. There's going to be a split. You're going to see companies that say we specialize in automotive, we specialize in food. Somebody might specialize in home delivery. You can't be everything to everybody in this space, and that's so. It sounds as if your experience was there was nobody taking care of small fulfillment companies shipping from China.
0: Yeah, I don't want to say no one because there's nobody. Always and I'm sure somebody is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're their
1: product there somehow. <laughs> yeah, there's
0: always someone in the market, but we we saw an opportunity to help serve smaller, more fragmented e-commerce shipments, and we did see some people doing it. But we thought, and myself as an e-commerce seller, that we could support e-commerce companies in a better way, just because we understand the sellers very well and their requirements. And that's what we've kind of built our company on. So we're, as you said, like we would never take a shipment for a big machine. Like that's just not our competency. We would only focus on those shipments to Amazon or to the end customer from China for an e-commerce company.
1: So I have a good friend, my friend Jonathan Kish, told me, yeah, you should interview Brian because he'd be a great interview on your podcast because he does have a a new approach, a non traditional approach for e-commerce shipments coming from China. So let's talk a little bit about a solution here. So we talked about the problems. And again, LCL is a little more expensive, takes a little more time. We talked about kind of the hassle of deconsolidation. It's So you got more transit time, you got more cost, more hassle, things we don't like. And as you said, there's some companies specializing in e-commerce, but the logistics and transportation and freight forwarding business for the most part doesn't focus on the smaller sellers. So let's talk a little bit about a solution and maybe your non-traditional approach to e-commerce shipments from China.
0: Yeah, sure. So what we do and what some, you know, it's not just us, there are some other companies doing it, is we take a, a group of sellers, so, you know, 5 to 20 different sellers, and we consolidate them into one container before it reaches the port in China. And before we do that as well, we label them in China with either UPS or FedEx labels that will be used for the final leg of the delivery in the U.S. before it gets into the container in China. And so before we get to the port, we've already consolidated a group of sellers and we've already prepared the shipment in the U.S. in China before we load the container. And we load the container and then we bring it to the port and since it's a full container, it gets put right on the boat very quickly. So we within a few days we get right on the boat and then when we bring it to the US, we bring it to you can call it a deconsolidation warehouse and they literally just take the boxes in the container and pass it on to UPS or FedEx. So there's really kind of no touch in the US, limited amount of, you know, chance for error if there was, you know, anyone labeling anything incorrectly there. And the speed is much quicker as you can imagine.
1: Yep. So you mentioned that you will label it with UPS or FedEx in China. Do you do USPS too?
0: Uh, We do USPS for small packet shipments. So if we ship, we can ship from China to the end customer directly from China. And if we do that, so anything a few pounds, uh, we will do that with USPS labels in China as well.
1: So instead of them going the LCL route, they're getting all their stuff. It's still kind of being merged with other people's shipments, but you're doing it outside of the traditional LCL process framework. And, yeah, you can call yeah, it. Yeah, yep. yeah. So you're doing it, and and what ends up happening is you're saving time with that approach.
0: Correct. Yeah, time and and costs. So a lot of the the consolidation, the deconsolidation costs that are involved with combining a container and breaking it down, are taken away with our approach. So you know, labor in the U.S., as you deconsolidate a container and try to sort product and manage shipments, uh, costs a lot more. And we basically do that process before it even gets into the container in China.
1: And if you're labeling it with UPS or FedEx or USPS labels in China, I'm assuming the labor rate is cheaper there for labeling? Yeah. So... In effect, you don't have to do that when it gets to the U.S.
0: Exactly, yeah. So the labor rate is cheaper to kind of manage that whole process for people to label them and to prepare all of that. You know, Not only the actual physical work, but the operational office work that is required to manage which product goes to what place. I like
1: that you're saving transit time, obviously. Everyone wants to save transit time. And you're saving money. I think the handling is a little less because you're managing at your place rather than it being at LCL framework, as you say. Last but not least, I like that you guys specialize. You don't work with everybody. Like you said, you don't move machines. You're not moving auto parts or other stuff. You're moving stuff for e-commerce companies.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what gives us even though the market is obviously quite a bit smaller as e-commerce grows, but I think it adds a lot of value to the people that we work with. And we will tell people if they don't fit in our framework that like they're just not a good fit because we really want to hone down on those people that need smaller shipments from China.
1: I think most of us, especially freight forwarding people, not a freight forwarder, but I spend a lot of time in other countries and I think after a while you get to used to trusting people who are in China or India or wherever you're working with Mexico, but I still think it's a nice touch to be able to talk to an American who's based in China.
0: Yeah, that's also, I mean, that's kind of what we like to do too, is give kind of the American or Western type customer service experience while still having, let's say, the, <laughs> the cost advantage of China. So that's kind of like what we've built our company on providing and supporting kind of smaller companies in that way.
1: Nice. I remember when I was working in China, I would have all my cohorts who lived in China, the Americans. That's usually who I spoke to day to day, the American expats. And I always remember their problem then was the internet wasn't fully developed. So they would be calling during football season and go, hey, what's going on? I was like, are you calling me on a Sunday night for football scores? No, 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 not at all. (laughs) But if you have them. (laughs) so Yeah, but anyway, it is nice to have an American in China who can kind of understand your business because you're in that business. You're still an e-commerce company yourself, but understanding what that market needs. In
0: addition, as many other warehouses and logistic companies like us do, we do help with helping people prepare their Amazon cartons. So there are some standards that Amazon requires for receiving, whether it be labeling or how the products are uh, labeled internally in the box. So we can also assist with some of those needs because those needs are very specific even to Amazon in different countries. So the Amazon fulfillment warehouse requirements in the U.S. are different from the ones in Europe. And uh, we also not only provide just like the shipment services, but like advice on how to make sure that the shipments are compliant. And also if we see something that comes into our warehouse that is not, we'll help customers adjust those boxes or the size or the weight in order to meet Amazon's requirements. So it's an important thing because Amazon is always changing their requirements throughout the years. And it's important that people that do sell on e-commerce stay up with those you know, compliance issues. So let me
1: ask you this, Brian. Do you also support companies that sell through their own branded website?
0: We do, yeah. So for some people, they find it difficult to ship globally, whether it be directly from the US. And a lot of people choose us actually as their global shipment center from China to the rest of the world. So some people will send their freight by container to the U.S. to be fulfilled locally. And that might be 90% of their orders. And then they might have 10% from the rest of the world. So that could be a fragment of Europe and Canada and Australia and New Zealand, et cetera. And we do direct from China fulfillment. So fulfillment of you know small packages to the end customer directly from China. So we'll facilitate a lot of companies' rest of world shipments directly from China, and it's a very cost-effective solution for them.
1: Very nice, very nice. So I do really like this because I do like, I I always like it when I see companies specializing in a niche. So tell me, are there, do people get to a certain size, like e-commerce companies get to a certain size where they outgrow you? I mean, what size would that be? Yeah,
0: it could be. I mean, we're very competitive in the. LCL market, we would be less competitive in full containers. So I would say the majority of customers that we work with are probably from a half a million to $10 million in revenue a year. It's not to say that we couldn't serve a larger one, but we find that we provide the most value to those companies. And after that, they might manage their shipments on their own, or they might choose someone that's more geared towards larger full container loads and full truckload shipments in the U.S.
1: Maybe yeah, you still might manage the rest of the world, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, we still might manage the rest of the world. So we're kind of a mix, and as we grow and as we become more competent in larger shipments, I think in the future we would consider those type of larger shipments, but we're just, since we're smaller, we want to offer what we're the best at at the moment. Yep.
1: So, Brian, why don't you summarize this topic for us and then uh, we'll wrap this thing up.
0: Yeah, sure, so... Just a little bit about e-commerce in general is that it's uh, smaller than retail and it's more fragmented. And so therefore in the market we see a lot of smaller sellers that need smaller shipments from China. And those are generally less than container load shipments. And so we saw an opportunity in the market to provide a more competitive solution for less than container loads. And that includes basically consolidating many sellers together labeling those products with a local shipment label, whether it be FedEx or UPS in China, and managing that whole process with cheaper labor in China before we load it in the container. And then we bring that container to the US and it gets distributed through UPS or FedEx all around the US, depending on which either Amazon fulfillment center or just regular 3PL that our customer uses. We can also ship to any non-fulfillment center as well.
1: I really like the niche you're serving because I think there is, I do talk to a lot of small e-commerce companies, and sometimes they're too small to help because they don't know how to get it done. They know they need help, but uh, you're the perfect guy to help them. So this is great stuff. And I I really like, it's a non-traditional approach. I mean, we've been doing this kind of thing for a long time. Not everybody's doing it, but it's been done probably for the last 50 years, right? Just not the way you're doing it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and outside of just the logistics factor, the fact that we enable smaller companies to ship smaller amounts, it also improves their cash flow. So instead of previously having to load a whole container and wait 6 months to sell that whole container, well now they can ship once a month and that improved cash flow really helps small companies to grow and to be able to develop new product lines and to be more flexible. So outside of just the, the logistics flexibility, I think we add value in providing just financial flexibility for smaller e-commerce companies.
1: Excellent, excellent. So before we wrap it up today, tell us a little bit about your company and uh, you know, what's coming up for you guys and uh, how someone might reach out and talk to you.
0: Yeah, sure. So our company, uh, we have a warehouse in Shenzhen, China, as I told you, so the the city next to uh, Hong Kong. What's the name of your company? And it's Easy China Warehouse. And we do specialize in the shipments that I mentioned, so mainly uh, less-than-container-load shipments for e-commerce companies and direct-to-consumer shipments directly from China to most of the world, actually. And we focus on serving individual sites and Amazon companies. And so if anyone wants to know a little bit more about us, they can go to our website at easychinawarehouse.com or they can shoot me an email at brian at easychinawarehouse.com. So those are the two places to get more information.
1: I'll put the, in the show notes. I'll put your website, your LinkedIn profile, and your email, and we'll be on our merry way. So great, Brian, this was I always like seeing people specialize in niches, and uh, <laughs> we just did. I just did a podcast. It's the the riches are in the niches, or the niches have the riches. I forgot what it was, but I think it's so important in a very competitive market to pick the customers you can serve best, and you've done exactly that. And uh, congratulations on your success. And thank you. thank you all for listening to my podcast. Your continued support is very much appreciated. Until next time, onward and upward.